You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 250 first edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 843rd episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of May 19th, 2022. I am your host, Brian Tonsoni. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. This week's banner moment uh, happened on Tuesday night when head ball coach Mike Woodson spoke to the big brothers, big sisters of Northeast Indiana. And forgive me for simply reading a quote. Coach Woodson on NIL and the transfer portal said the following, quote, the NIL is here uh, is to play, pay players money, and if they can negotiate their money, I'm happy for them. But you come to college to get an education and play basketball if that's the sport you choose. So that, to me, is first and foremost. And if you think any other way, I don't want you on our ball club. You can go somewhere else and do your thing that way in that regard. Uh, it's around. You can't get away from it. The portal, I think, changes the games in terms of how you navigate your team every season because you're going to have some players that are going to be disgruntled and want to leave. It's, it's all part of it. And I tell players that if you don't want to play for us, then you leave. And I'll find somebody that would love to play and wear that uniform. The summer is quite slow for Indiana basketball news, but whenever you can get a quote like this, it brings you back to the good old times of Indiana basketball. Coach Woodson, well said, and thanks. Okay, and to my left uh, are, is our good friend, Andy Bottoms. The best of you sports coaching, you know that we got them. When it comes to analytic trends, you know he can spot them. First-class bracketology. If you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. Andy, it's good to have you back. Um, what is on your mind as far as Indiana Hoosiers basketball as we are about to begin uh, the summer? I know. Hard to believe. Hard. To, we were talking before the show that uh, the school year is winding down for you and for uh, the rest of my family. Not me, unfortunately. But uh, now I just wanted to take a minute and uh, say thanks to you guys and to a lot of the folks in the community uh, for the, uh, the messages in the community, the, uh, you know, the texts, different things like that. Uh, after my dad passed here a few weeks ago, hard to believe it's been that long. But, uh, y- you know, I am. Uh, really appreciative of that and the community that we have here and the, uh, the support that uh, was felt from, from all of you. And I think it's fair to say that I would not be doing the show if it wasn't for him uh, and the IU fan that he was and, um, and, and things like that. And so, you know, my, that my parents would always tell me he would sing me to sleep when I was a baby to the IU fight song, he would sing that to me. And uh, maybe that was part of some elaborate brainwashing plan. I'm not really sure. Uh, but if it was, it worked. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, as we look through pictures and, and as you have, you know, think through memories of, uh, of those kinds of things in the wake of that, you know, just almost every picture that we found of tailgating was just like the biggest smile on his face. And, uh, my mom and I just had a great time reminiscing about all the, all the bad football that we watched, but all the fun that we had uh, before and after the games, which I guess uh, I think Jared put it somewhere that that make, made him the, the quintessential IU football fan. <laughs> the tailgate was more fun than the game. Um, but, you know, just that watching games uh, at home, I think somebody it's been a few years ago asked a question of what, you know, some of our earliest memories are of IU basketball. And, and I think I said that mine was uh, among them was, was IU winning the championship in 87 and him picking me up in our, in our living room and uh, still remember that pretty, pretty vividly. And, uh, but, but also, you know, went to a lot of the, I always forget whether it was the Indiana classic or the Hoosier classic that was in Indianapolis when we lived there, when I was growing up to, to go to some of those games, uh, we're able to go to a few games 
after that and uh as a christmas gift it's been a few years ago yogi was still there but it was a night that yogi broke the assist record that he and i got to go and just remembered what a great time that we had with that so uh a lot of great memories and and uh, many of my best memories with him uh somehow centered around iu sports in one way or the other so uh you know uh certainly uh, miss him and uh, we'll be thinking about him a lot as we get toward the season, but uh, wanted to give a minute to kind of share a few thoughts and, and just say thanks to everybody. I've, uh, I've definitely appreciated it and appreciate you guys handling, handling things on here. So uh, uh, that's, I, that I guess is my opening thoughts. Uh, I, I know you guys had a lot to, uh, to talk through last week. The, the Jordan holes news is certainly exciting. I know we're going to talk a, a little bit of the schedule stuff and, and some TJD uh, as we get into it, but from a, a, a true basketball perspective, uh, really excited to see Jordan holes back associated with the program. I, I think all of us, uh, know what a fantastic representative, uh, he has been, uh, was as a player and has been ever since. And, and so I think despite the fact that the, the, the role of that job is probably a little bit nebulous to most of us, uh, I have no doubt that he'll attack it with, uh, the same fire that he attacked everything else on the court and, uh, we'll do a great job and, and figure it out as he goes with that. So that's definitely exciting and, uh, and glad to be back, uh, talking, uh, IU basketball with you tonight. It's good to have you back. It's also good the community. I'll second that. Uh, it, it has been a lot of fun seeing the community grow in the time uh, since I've been a, a part of it, and it is just nice to to have you all available on Thursday nights, tailgates, and, and reaching out. So, well, well said. Uh, here's what we're going to have uh, on, on the show this week. We're going to have some Hoosier headlines. Bart Torvik has put out some probably way too early projections, but I think you're going to like those. Uh, TJD gets some tough news um, at the Combine health-wise. Uh, not, not an injury, but he, he's had to kind of be limited in his Combine. Uh, and Coach Woodson, as I mentioned in the banner moment, uh, said a lot of good things. You can find that on Inside the Hall. Has a good write-up uh, on what he said uh, at that dinner. Uh, segment two, Andy and I, from a bracketologist standpoint, are going to go through and try to schedule for Indiana. Uh, that is still a couple months away uh, from us discussing that, but we're going to try to talk a little bit about what we think Indiana should do um, in the conference and out of conference in segment two. And in segment three, as usual, we'll answer a few of the best questions we got submitted this week uh, in the community. All of that uh, coming up this week on Assembly Call Radio. So now let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Home field apparel, on for the team. This edition of Assembly Call Radio, just like all shows on the Back Home Network, is presented by our friends at Home Field Apparel, where they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere, with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison. And Home Field has something for fans and grads of other schools. Uh, considering their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. And they're getting ready for a new Saturday launch, big new Saturday, uh, 15 weeks, I believe, of new products uh, coming out uh, starting uh, Saturday. So no matter what you buy, you know it'll be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. What could be better than that? So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME for 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, as we said, uh, the the Hoosier headlines, Coach Woodson uh, spoke at the Big Brothers Big Sisters Um TJD was invited to the combine and started the process, but due to a COVID testing positive for COVID, he's had some interviews canceled, some five on five play canceled, and that may have an impact on what teams uh, think because he probably needed to show them something to keep moving up the draft board to that slot where he said he would stay in the draft. Uh, Dexter Dennis committed to Texas A&M, so currently uh, we have not heard word of any transfers coming to uh, Indiana for visits or interested on that. Uh, and then the Bart Torvik projections came out, uh, and, and Bart does a really good job uh, with this. Uh, I encourage people to go to his website and check this out in the offseason and during the season. But his number one team right now is your Indiana Hoosiers, uh, which is just really good to see. I don't know uh, if I really want that to be accurate uh, quite yet um, because that's a lot of pressure, but – 
Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, your top six teams, according to Bart Torvik. Obviously, that changes when players commit. Uh, TJD, uh, I assume those are with TJD coming back. But that gives us something interesting um, uh, to kind of talk about uh, and something that I didn't know at the beginning of Coach Woodson's second year, we really would be talking about the possibility of Indiana being at the top of the Big Ten. So, Andy, um, take it away. Uh, What headlines would you like to talk about first? Well, I guess just kind of thinking through the uh, the order of those, you know, the, the Coach Woodson conversation. I thought his comments on NIL that you read earlier were uh, were interesting. I, I thought some of the other things, just as he talked about, you know, not only how he characterized the first season, he really talked about how much time he spent. Uh, you know, a lot of players were disgruntled for whatever reason. I had to do damage control, and so really like trying to get trace first and do those things. And 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 one of the other questions was talking about the difference between having a full calendar year under his belt versus coming in last spring. And and he talked about recruiting and that the big question was really about TJD. Uh, But I think those two things tie pretty well together. I mean, he's able to spend this off season doing a lot different things than what he did last year, which was essentially trying to re-recruit the roster or the parts of the roster that he wanted while also adjusting to the college game and kind of getting those things ready. So I'm curious to see what, presumably a little bit of extra time that that wasn't spent having some of the conversations that he had there what does that translate to um you know how how is he better able to use that time on something maybe more on court related uh to prepare the team and and things for the season so i think that part is exciting uh certainly had positive comments and and then you know obviously he said that the biggest question was trace so that that dovetails with the uh the you know the other the other piece of news that you had really unfortunate for him that he didn't get a chance to go through that process. Who knows what would have happened? Who knows if he'd have played in the five on five anyway? I, I presume that he would have, uh, based on what I saw. And and so, you know, you won't really know. I don't know. It's hard to say whether that really forces him to come back because he wasn't able to participate in those things. Um, yeah, I, I've I've heard some things that suggest things are leaning more and more that direction, but I'm not sure that his inability to participate in a lot of the things. I don't know how much of a factor. Uh, that is w- within there. But Woodson also talked about, um, you know, some potential options that they might have if he, you know, he's not back. He talked about Logan Duncan and Malik Renault. And um, so they're kind of preparing for for both ways as you really have to at this point to, to figure things out from there. So uh, I, guess, I guess, you know, feel free to chime in with your thoughts on that. Then maybe we can, we can talk a little bit of the Big Ten pecking order there, uh, which I thought was a little bit interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I thought all along that, TJD is probably going to come back, um, and, and I, you know, obviously we're, we're very close to getting uh, that information on an official basis because it has to be by June first. If if we don't hear from it, um, I haven't seen anything official uh, that way. But you know, he wanted a, a certain spot, uh, and he wanted to be sure. And I, I just would imagine that he would have had to prove that either in the interviews or the play. Uh, five on five to move up the draft board to where he would feel comfortable staying in the draft. So I, I thought it was a, a little bit of a long shot, uh, but I always will encourage young people who have that opportunity to go, go and test it out and see. There's not that, nothing absolutely wrong with with doing that. So uh, obviously that's going to be the 13th player on the roster officially uh, with Dexter Dennis not uh, coming. That didn't put any pressure on Trace Jackson Davis or someone else uh, from from leaving. So we kind of have a little bit of um, roster, you know, being solidified. And uh, I, I just think that's that's ultimately good to have that kind of talent back um, um, for another year. And, and I think that's showing in these early preseason um, rankings. And I, I wouldn't have any of us run out and start chirping to a – to our rival fans that we're going to be number one in the Big Ten yet. I'm not that comfortable with with the program overall. But it is nice, and I think it is fairly ranked that Indiana is now moving up into the top echelon of the Big Ten, uh, and the top half should be the goal every year uh, and, and looking for a little bit better than a ninth-place uh, finish. So, um you know, I, I think that uh, speaks volumes for um, for Indiana and, and where they're at uh, right now. So uh, while we're waiting, uh, uh, Andy uh, stepped out for a second. Um, I will read the rest of these uh, preseason 
uh, rankings. Uh, Indiana was number one for Bart Torvik. The two Michigan schools, as I said, Purdue number four. Always good to see uh, Indiana ahead of Purdue. Illinois comes in five and six. Maryland seven. Rutgers eight. Ohio State and Wisconsin at nine and ten. And Penn State and Nebraska 11-12. Northwestern and Minnesota round out the bottom at 13 and 14. So um, there you go. Those are the um, <laughs> those are the rankings uh, there from Bart Torvik. The surprises for me is um, Ohio State uh, and Wisconsin down to the number nine and ten. And I haven't really studied a whole lot of of who's back and who who's not back. Uh, but obviously all of those teams are teams that played in the NCAA tournament before. So breaking news, uh, Andy has just been hit with a powder power outage. So, and, um, so I am going to send it off to a break and we will figure out, uh, where we go, uh, next, uh, here on the assembly call. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, this is Jawan Morgan. What's the only thing better than getting IU's first triple-double in 47 years? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers! Welcome back to the assembly call. I'm Coach Tonsoni here with the superstar reliever, despite his Cincinnati <laughs> hat, who is filling in for Andy Bottoms, who had his power knocked out after segment one. Um, and so Coach Marlowe and I are going to talk a little bit about what the scheduling might be here over the summer. So um, we already know two opponents uh, for next year, and uh, Coach and I will try to fill out the rest of the 11 game non-conference schedule if you're in the chat uh, room put in your thoughts uh, and we'll kind of talk about where the schedule needs to go so coach Andy and I from a bracketology standpoint thought that last year uh, the schedule really didn't have a lot of meat on it when we when you were allowed the the St. John's and and also uh, you also had um, the Big East Challenge with Syracuse and Notre Dame in the Crossroads Classic those games didn't carry as much weight uh, to the strength of schedule and you saw Indiana barely get in the tournament so to beef up the schedule was one of the priorities that we were talking about and boy has Indiana done that they're going to play Kansas uh, at Kansas on December 10th I believe and turn around or Arizona I forget which order they're in but I think Kansas uh, is on the 17th and Arizona and Las Vegas on the 10th so those are two top power five conferences that'll really boost the schedule and you also have those challenges left so Coach, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to start talking about the Gavit games where it's the Big Ten Big East. What Big East team would you like to see, if Indiana is selected as one of the eight teams, which team would you like to see them play and why? Do I Am I answering this from, a, from kind of a, uh, a fan standpoint or do I want to look at it from more of a, a, a coach and, and bracketologist look at it? All three. 
I'm putting pressure on you to mix it all together. You can you can go any direction you want. The fan in me wants the fan in me wants uh, Butler uh, keep that kind of crossroads in Annapolis connection. But I and I see uh, Jack in the chat says you know Villanova. I'm not sure we're going to be quite. I, I think we can play with Villanova. Don't get me wrong. I just think that that's not where they'll slot us. I, I'm thinking more along the line of whoever probably would, I can't think off the top of my head, Brian, but whoever's second or third in the Big East last year, I think that would be a good, good matchup for us in the Gavit games, whether it's at home or on the road. Yeah, I, I would really like to see us, uh, again, be looked at in these challenges as one of these top three or four teams in the Big Ten like Bart Torvik had us. Um, Correct. Because I think that's uh, that helps us. Uh, even in a loss, uh, playing the, mm -hmm. the better teams, because – you're going to have to play good teams, and you're going to have to win a couple. But if you say we have four tough teams, Coach, and we go two and two, but there are two real high-quality wins, those are those quad one wins. So I was thinking a Providence uh, yeah. would be uh, good. I think we might be on the road. Uh, we haven't been on the road for a while in the Gavit games uh, if we're selected, so it might be Providence. And I'm also thinking they might match us up with UConn, uh, a team that similarly got back into the tournament uh, that's an equal to where Indiana was. But I think both playing both the Providence and a UConn, and especially if they're on the road, uh, gives Indiana a third really, really good um, game. And, um, you know, Austin Hostetler had this question. He said, with the game at KU and a neutral site game at Arizona on the schedule next year, which teams would you like to see IU? I want to give you a shout-out, Austin. That's This is what we're answering the whole segment, uh, what games you would like to see to make it a, a, a tougher non-conference schedule. So you gave us an idea, uh, and, and we're going to kind of run with it. Thanks, Austin, for that. So let's go to the ACC Challenge, which will be the fourth um, big opponent for your Indiana Hoosiers next year. Uh, who would you like to see play? We were on the road last year, so m sometimes they back that up with two road games. But I'm thinking it might be in Assembly Hall. Who would you like to see from the ACC come in? Uh, I want to see one of those top-tier teams. I, I, I kind of want a piece of Carolina right now myself. I, I think that would be a great matchup if they're going to go by projection with the IU, if TJD's back, which you know the signs are kind of pointing that way. But I'd kind of like a little bit of Carolina. See where we're at compared to a team that went to the national championship game last year. Uh, obviously, Duke has won. Um, I, I don't. I, I kind of go back to the Big East one too, Coach. I just think that I, I, Butler's the fan part of me, but I think we're going to be slotted higher than where Butler was where they right. finished the Big East. So I, I, I really don't think that'll be it. I, I, Providence and, and UConn, I really would think those two would be, you know, right there as well i just think villanova is probably going to get somebody like um michigan or possibly michigan state but we could be in that mix for villanova as well um i'm trying to think who would be a third team north carolina um to me would be the one i really want to match up with duke obviously will bring that blue bro, uh, be that name school that everybody knows i and to a certain degree it may not be a marquee name but man miami played pretty well at times yep. last year i wouldn't mind seeing miami in assembly hall I think we're going to get one of those top two if they do, uh, you know, put Indiana at the top of the pecking order because Indiana, Duke, Indiana, North Carolina, Indiana, Virginia, those are really big marquee matchups mm -hmm. for, for ESPN. But I do agree with you on Miami. Miami is an interesting uh, upcoming program. They've been in the news. Uh, you have that. And don't discount Louisville. Um, yeah. You know, with, with Kenny Payne uh, and starting that up, and it's a local rivalry. Last year, Ohio State and Xavier played in the ACC Challenge, and they were real close uh, rivals there. Uh, so I think any of those, uh, again, give Indiana four really good quad one opportunities uh, to, to boost their schedule, which would be a heck of a lot better than the schedule they had last year. So now, Coach, we got to go seven other, uh, and I'm going to ask you your philosophy as a coach. Um, how many uh, tough games do you think a college team should have given the, the rigor of the Big Ten? Is four where you're at, or do you add another one or two? What is your ideal uh, schedule uh, with these Power Five or Power Six, Seven schools? What would you like to see done? I think I'd like five. We're assuming there's 11, you know, there's 11 non-conference games there. Um, if you're really going to be in that mix, if you want to get to that point where you're being a number one team in the Big Ten and, and, and fighting, you would like to think the Big Ten champion is fighting for a number one or a number one or number two seed line. 
you've got to probably have one more uh, type game because you know bracketology better than I do. But even if you lose, for example, Kansas and Arizona, unless they're really like blowout losses, coach, neutral side or even at Kansas won't hurt us too bad in the bracketology. I'd like to win them, but um, I'd like to see us go out again. Obviously, the one the school that everybody's going to bring into the discussion here is Kentucky. Uh, can you find a way to get UK back on? on the schedule. I think there's at least some hope for that. I don't know about this year, but I think there's at least some hope for that in the future. Um, I, I, I just, you know, I wouldn't mind finding a West coast team. I'd love to find a way to get a UCLA, uh, a Gonzaga, um, and just that type of West coast team. Um, we're already playing, I guess we got that with Arizona. I, I also wouldn't mind seeing us find a way. I know it's not the marquee matchup, but I'd like to find a way with part of those other six, to get a way to maybe get a rotation of I of Indiana state, a ball state, a Valpo, you know, those types of schools where I know you probably go like two for one, two home games for a road game. But I just like those types of atmosphere games to me as an Indiana fan. I always like the old Indiana, uh, Indiana classic, you know, right before Christmas that used to have at least like one of those teams in it. And so, but I think you, then your other five or so got to be teams that got to be pretty much wins i don't think you i don't i'm looking for sub 200 but i think they need to be in that 100 150 range that should be wins yeah so we, we need at least a fifth big big school I, I do think you head south to the sec i don't think kentucky's getting done but you might be able to get a, a tennessee um type of game i love your ucla uh, suggestion. I just think that's uh, you know two of these blue bloods that have had some struggles uh, reclaiming their blue bloods, and now you have Cronin in at UCLA and Woodson starting. UCLA's had a, a lot more success getting back to that level uh, than Indiana has. Uh, Coach Woodson's just starting. That would be a, a really good uh, battle a, as well. You know, we we've done that in the past. We've played Kansas uh, in the past, and some of those games before we played Kentucky. Um, at uh, Lucas Oil or or the Hoosier right. Dome or those types of things. So let's say let's say we 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 get one of those Power Fives. We get a, a we go searching for something. Probably not going to be in the ACC or the Big East because of those challenges. So you're looking a bit another Big Twelve, a Pac Twelve, or an SEC. We get an SEC school. We have all Power Five conferences covered if we get invited to the Gavit Games. So what about it? What about a Texas? You know, what about uh, yeah, a, that's a, good a, a too. Texas, Texas Tech um, would be really a, a good measure and a good opportunity. I, I think you see, you know, it varies if you look at the really good programs uh, between, you know, four and six of these top-level games. Some schools skirt it with three, but then, you know, you're going to have issues some years if you lose two of those games. But if you play five of those schools, I believe five and then six mid-major to the smaller schools. Okay, so let's build the other six real quickly. I think you need to have three cupcake games for film, yep. for players to get out there and get some run. You're going to win by 30. You can get your 9, 10, 11, 12 guys in. Okay, but I do think that it's important that some of those other games, those other three games, uh, come from conferences uh, that are going to be pretty good. The Missouri Valley is, is a conference with good basketball. Um, conference USA uh, Sunbelt, uh, we've done that. This is where your Marshall games last year, your Louisiana games would be a nice fit when you have these five other teams, right? And I think that's – I'll give you a team, and I think they're actually going to the Missouri Valley, and that's Murray. I, I, I right. would love to get like a Murray on the schedule on almost a – maybe not a regular basis, but some type of rotation where you might say, hey, let's schedule it out for, you know, here at Indiana for in 23 and 22, 23, we'll – We'll get you back in in 25, 26, and then we'll go to Murray, you know, for a game in 28 or 29. I, I just think that Murray State program, but I agree with you, uh, Brian. I think the Missouri Valley, one of my one of my bucket list things is I want to go to Arch Madness. I, I want right. to go to St. Louis and watch the Missouri Valley Tournament. And so I would love to pick up a really good team like Northern Iowa, um, uh, teams like that out of the Missouri Valley. And then I think you need to schedule some from the Mid-American Conference because it's a, a, a Midwest conference, has some good basketball. And when, from a bracketology standpoint, Coach, you want to get teams that are predicted in the top half. 
And, and you got to spend some time looking at these conferences, what, what's coming back, what Transfer Portal did, because you want these teams to be, like you said, in the 150 to 250 range in any metric that you're using. You don't want the 360, the eighth worst team coming in. When I say cupcake, you're trying to get in the you know 225 to 270 uh, five. So we have one from the Missouri Valley, one from the Mid-American Conference. Um, any other conference that uh, you would like to see come into Assembly Hall? Um, you know, there's some, there's a couple decent teams out in the WAC. Right. Um, you, you look at maybe it wouldn't you – know, I'm trying to think, well, who's out there in New Mexico, Nevada. I'm trying to think who won that league last year in the WAC. Was that you got some teams that could scare you too. I mean, and right. and I like Grand Canyon was twenty three and eight last year. New Mexico State was twenty seven seven. I may not go pick off the top uh, teams in those leagues because you do need wins. Uh, you know, you right. do need wins, but you also need to. But you know, you got a team like Seattle had a big year twenty three and nine. Stephen F. Austin's had some good run in in the WAC. Um, you know, uh, Abilene Christian was in the tournament uh, a couple years ago, so. You could pick up a team like that. Uh, the WAC is the 15th, was the 15th best conference last year, and that's what I'm talking about. You look at your conference yeah. rating when you schedule, and you look at teams in the top half, teams that you should beat, but maybe it's a 15- to 20-point win after a half of a struggle because they're, they're poised to maybe make a run for their tournament. So, uh, all right, I'm going to give you the pick. We, we, let's say um, we're going to take Grand Canyon, uh, and at, don't play at Grand Canyon. They're, they're home – Jim is crazy with their cheer block, but Grand Canyon comes in next year. You get to pick the Missouri Valley Conference team that you want uh, a top half team to come into Indiana and play next year. Who's it going to be? Is Loyola leaving the Missouri Valley? Yes, they're they are um, heading to the A10. Okay, that's what I thought. There's another league that you would want to be looking at too, is the A10. Yep. Um, um, so out of the valley. Um, well, I'm trying to remember who was at the top of the valley last year, but Northern Iowa was the first team that comes to my mind. Um, that they were at the top. Strong. Yeah, I'd, I'd Devin Loyola. Loyola Iowa. was at the top. Northern Iowa was the highest Ken Palm. But I think I, you know, as Brian Brian points out here in the chat, a team like Bradley, maybe you don't go for the upper level, right? But a team like Bradley, um, uh, um, you know, that's that would be a good pick. So that's who, I'd take one of those two out of the Missouri Valley. I either okay, go to so the top of the league with Northern Iowa, or I'd take a Bradley. Okay, so Bradley's on the schedule for next year. Here's some other Valley teams, and I know we're going to go back to that first game when Archie played, but you have three Indiana schools in the Valley, Velpo, Indiana State, and Evansville. Yep. Uh, and, and right now, those are a little out the bottom. They may not hurt. They may hurt our, our numbers, our net, so you might not want to schedule them right now if you're looking at the Valley, but I don't mind that. Um, we should beat those. When we're at our best at Indiana, we should yep. beat Indiana State. Valpo and Evansville and that is that regional thing and so when I go uh, pick the the um, eighth game I think uh, we had five big opponents and now we had three uh, additional opponents here when I picked the eighth one from uh, the, the mid-american I'm, I'm calling coach Lewis uh, up up at Muncie and saying bring the Cardinals down in year one because they're going to be rebuilding you should probably beat them you could welcome them home welcome them back to the state of Indiana so you know we got Bradley on the schedule, we got Grand Canyon on the schedule, uh, and and we have Ball State. Those are the three kind of in between games, uh, along uh, with uh, you know the top five uh, power schools, whether it be UCLA, Texas, and the and the four scheduled games. And now we go to um, some other schools where, uh, like the Horizon League, which is a Midwest. They were the twenty sixth best conference uh, in Ken Palm. We had Northern Kentucky in, but you can get a Detroit um, back in. Illinois, Chicago, those types of schools, uh, bring them in uh, for a yep. game. Um, that level of school, um, and they're local. And so you can get them in. I, I know basketball travel is not that big of a deal. Um, but you, you also have the Summit League, and I know we lost to IPFW. But there's some schools that, that have some good basketball. South Dakota State. South Dakota State. Um, and then you probably do need a couple that are really pushing at 300 level, two or three left over. So there, there. I'll tell you. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I one thing, and for our viewers who who might not realize this, Grand Canyon, there is a little bit of an Indiana connection there because that's Bryce Drew. Yeah. You know, so it would be a chance for you know him to come back and bring a team into Indiana. I like how you went with Ball State. I was thinking outside of Ball State. 
boy, I loved it. I, I can't remember which one of them was at the top, but I want to say it was either uh, Ohio U or they've um, been good. Akron's been good. Akron was the other one. It was decent last year. John Gross from former Illinois coaches at Akron. Yeah. So um, I would kind of, maybe if I wasn't going to go ball state, I'd go opposite, you know, so I'm not doing the same as you. I would go with one of those two kind of out Eastern Ohio type schools. And so here, here we go. Uh, Tony Stuckey in the chat makes a good point too. You, you want to add another big school or a, a pro- prominent school, Wichita state, Cincinnati, um, yeah. You know, and, and make that. You know, I'm not opposed to having six tough teams on a schedule. Now you got to be careful. Michigan State did that a couple years ago. We went with that first game against Kentucky or Duke, and then they scheduled really tough and they got behind the eight ball. But you'll see teams with 19 wins, 19 and 12 that play that kind of schedule get a five six seed if they don't do well in the conference. But I think playing tough teams helps your helps your net and gets you ready for for uh, the Big Ten. I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at you, Coach. It was uh, Newtonian who put in the chat, Houston. Houston. Yeah, bring Kelvin yeah. Sampson. Only, yeah. we'll only play Kelvin Sampson if he comes back. Yeah. Um, so, I, how about one, how about Memphis? Memphis. Yeah. You know, so you got, you got, we have four, if we're in the Gavitt games, we have those four tough schedules. Right. You and I at least want one more. Uh, I would it, go two, but I'd be I, careful about who that six one yeah, is. Yeah, you kind of got to get a good, you know, a good conference, but with someone you could probably beat or should beat um, because you do need those wins. But again, get some games in for our fans too, who buy season ticket packages. Uh, And then you're going to have to reciprocate and go on the road and road games again, count uh, more uh, when it comes down to the net and to, to the tournament. So now it comes to the big 10. We have no, we have no uh, authority over the big 10. We have no authority over the non-conference schedule, but Hey coach real quick. And and I'm not, I I really wasn't looking at the community, but I'll kind of throw this in here. I think somebody asked this in the community. So if you maybe see it, you can shout out who it was, but what about playing one of those in the middle of the big 10 season? I'm not sure. I like that. That maybe I'm cause I'm an old Bob Knight guy. Knight never liked playing conference games during the big 10 season, but it might, maybe that's, there's some value that, you know, I, I, I'm like you, I'm a traditionalist. Um, I won't call you old. Um, but you know, we, we just like it the way it was. Once you start conference play, stay in your conference, but there is something, I really like that idea that, um, they're floating around now to match up conferences that where they don't schedule for a week, um, one week, they don't schedule conferences and they match up teams according to the standings, kind of like the old bracket busters, uh, when they put two teams vying for a tournament, um, and they would, you know, like even the, uh, West coast with Gonzaga would match up with, uh, maybe Houston. And, and so that would be that non-conference game, uh, late February or mid February, which really gives, a boost uh, to that team that, that wins that. And I don't think the power six conferences are part of that. Um, so if that goes, I don't think Indiana can schedule one of those non-conference uh, games in February, but I'm not a pro- uh, opposed to breaking up conference play. I, I, I think uh, that's just more of a traditionalist. I would like to not do that, um, but I really like that bracket buster plan. Hey, also coach and, and Jack brought this up in the chat. Again, I my daughter went here, so I wasn't thinking this way. Bellerman, um, yes, that's an. I'm not sure I really want Bellerman <laughs> if I'm still trying to build schedule. But in a couple of years, I wouldn't mind playing Bellerman. And you tell you what, for our fans who have not watched Bellerman, Scotty Davenport does a heck of a job down there, and they play a really unique offense that would be real would give us some yep. issues. Well, you got Belmont and Lipscomb uh, down there in Nashville. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, those schools you don't like to play either because really Belmont is the toughest team there, but we played them in the scrimmage um, this year. And so those types of schools, I think, really make a a schedule pretty good. I know Michigan, Michigan State have played Oakland out of the horizon, uh, local. You know, um, I think you just got to do that. Um, And I think Coach did a good job. I really liked the schedule last year other than the lack of a top-heavy schedule. Uh, I, I thought I the, the Louisiana was good the way they played. I thought bringing in Marshall, who had a good run and played at a pace, uh, you've done those schools you do need on your schedule, but after you schedule the five or six, um, you know, top, well, top teams. I agree with I agree with all that. I, and I think also I think they kind of went into it thinking that Notre Dame and Syracuse especially would be kind of marquee names yeah. and they didn't yeah. play out that way. 
Yeah, and they, and there's some conversation about the first year you want to get some wins and you want to find out who who you got playing and and you don't want to go play the biggies right away. So I, I gather that, but it almost cost us a, a, a tournament in in year one um, because of the lack of of those types of wins. So let's talk Big Ten for a little bit. We don't have a lot. Andy and I were going to do this. We're, you can't just pick the the bottom teams and play the doubles. You got to play seven. So let's take four teams that we wouldn't mind playing that are in the top half, uh, and, and some three teams that um, are would be in the the bottom half of the Big Ten. And uh, you don't have the run sheet there. I didn't have time to throw it out to you, but that's fine. Um, what what teams uh, would you be okay with playing uh, home and away in the Big Ten from the top of, of like Bart Torvik had Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, the top uh, five teams besides Indiana. Uh, any team you want to stay away from or any team you definitely want to play in, in that? Obviously, we'd love to play Purdue twice. I think that yeah. should be guaranteed every year. Purdue twice, I'll, I'll go out there and say that. No matter how, whether – and I want them to be good. That's when we beat them. It makes it even more fun. Uh, I, right now on that list, Iowa, Illinois could pop out to me. I think they lose quite a bit. They may not be top half of the Big Ten by the time it's all said and done. But um, I'd play Iowa twice. I'd play Illinois twice. Um, who else did you have on that list besides Purdue? Yeah, so those are those are four, five, and six, according to uh, Torvik. Uh, Michigan and Michigan oh. State would be two, two and three, and we were going to pick four. I'll play Michigan State twice. Yeah. Because with, with the Christie kids staying in the uh, – in the draft, I, I just think that they're going to, I'm not saying they're going to be awful. I just, I'm not, I just think I'm getting to that point where I really believe Mike Woodson is starting to get this going to where I'm not really afraid of playing somebody twice. I I, right. I know why we don't play every team twice, but I just, I kind of miss the old big 10 schedule where you played everybody twice. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm with you. Um, you know, I think um, it, I, you just wonder what Illinois, I'm, I'm a big Underwood fan, um, I but too. I think, I think they're, they're going to be rebuilding a little bit too, and really, I'm not, I'm not too afraid of anybody on on this list. I know we're getting some feedback in the chat uh, room of teams you'd like to avoid playing twice, um, but you have that, and obviously, you you'd like to. Um, I, I'm going to throw out an interesting bottom feeder that I want to avoid playing twice. Um, I kind of want to stay away from Nebraska. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're very good, um, but I also think that. The way he plays and spreads it out that they can get hot and beat two or three teams that they shouldn't. And depending on when you catch them, um, you know, the other team there, um, you know, I do respect – I respect everyone in the Big Ten, but Penn State, I think um, yeah. I think they're headed in, in a pretty good direction with Coach Shrewsbury too. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little worried just because the style of basketball in Nebraska just spreads you out, drives you, and kicks you. Boy, if they get hot. Uh, and I'd like to play Nebraska at home uh, yes. and not in their, their arena because they, they get a little juiced in, in their arena. So any, and, any other teams that uh, down at that bottom and any single teams you'd like to play home or like to get on the road? I just think that I, I, kind of, I agree with you about Penn State. I'm a, I, I really like what Shrewsbury's doing out there, and I wouldn't necessarily want to play them twice. Um, Nebraska sometimes, but Coach, maybe I'm wrong. It just seems like when you watch it on TV, they can kind of get juiced. But visiting teams, I don't think the crowds, I don't think it's always packed in there. So I think the crowd sometimes is because it's kind of a lackluster crowd. Sometimes it seems like on TV, you see an IU or a Michigan State or a Michigan that kind of gets in there and there's, they're kind of like, where's the vibe? You know, whereas right. those guys are, are playing well. Um, I, I'm, with, I'm with you. I, I want to play Minnesota at home. I just never like going up to, to Williams Arena and play at the barn. I'm not sure how good, better Minnesota will be, but I just don't like going up there. That'd be the one team I want to play at home. Um, Northwestern always seems to be a place we don't always bring our A game, but I, I just think we're moving in the right direction compared to Northwestern. Yeah, I'm always leery about playing at the rack at Rutgers too. Yeah, you think you're better than Rutgers and you should beat Rutgers, and then you go in and they've just had tremendous success the last two years, beating a lot of good teams in, in that building. That would be one to get a single, uh, a single game uh, at home, and you know it always varies. When the schedule comes out, Coach, we'll go through and like, oh, we got all yep. the bad teams twice. We should win the win the Big Ten, and then a couple of those teams, you know, pop up. Just like 
Wisconsin this year was probably picked ninth or tenth by a lot of teams, and then ended up uh, at the top because uh, Johnny Davis pops. So there's always there's always some of that movement where you know teams that you think are at the top fall down and and so forth. So, but it's the summer, and and, and there wasn't a whole lot of news, so we thought we'd talk about you know. Here's our schedule, and then we hope the, the new director of basketball operations listens to this and, and goes into those meetings with Coach Woodson and whoever is scheduling and, and kind of has some ideas of how to schedule. But a tougher non-conference is definitely on the horizon. Uh, our suggestions help help that out a little bit. Uh, with some regional flair, I do like the Ball State, the Indiana State, the Bradleys, those types of schools coming in and, and, and pushing Indiana. Uh, so I think um, – I think that's good. So. Hey, Coach, and maybe I'm, I'm jumping the gun here because I had this question in the community, but you're the bracketology guy, so I'm going to throw the question to you. Based on where you are right now, and I know it's way, way, way too early, but where would you slot IU at in a field of 68? Yeah, we had your one of your questions in segment three was your question, but we'll jump ahead I'm here sorry. and finish. That's yeah. okay. In, in segment two, it was a good question. Um, you know, we haven't started putting it together, the transfer portal and, and the recruits and all that, just – it's just really, really hard. And then what we do, Coach, a lot is we do a better job once we know results. Uh, we're not uh, very predictive in in what this player is going to do and what this player is going to do. But if I had to, if I had to say, I, I think Indiana is a five or six seed. Uh, if they reach their potential and start challenging for that, one, you you made the comment a one or two uh, spot in the Big Ten. Then you're talking a top four protected seed uh, potentially, but. You know, I, I go back to we had nine Big Ten wins, and seven of them were against teams that played in the first uh, day of the Big Ten tournament. They were all the bottom teams. Um, and then until the tournament when we won a couple games there. So we weren't consistent, and we have a lot of those guys coming back. We like them. They should make us better. We're passing people by. It's all positive. I'm not trying to be negative here. Um, but um, – I, I think if they're a top 20 team, if they're sitting at 18 to 22, that puts them, you know, for me in a five or six seed, which is good basketball. That's the one thing, Coach, that I've learned, that if you're a top seven seed, you're a quality basketball team and can win the whole thing. Uh, it then becomes a matchup game. Uh, and Indiana ran into a bad matchup, uh, as it turned out, with, with St. Mary's. But if you're a top seven, that's top 25 level team. That's pretty good basketball. So yep. that would be my preseason guess right now with TJD coming back. And I do see – I don't think that's the ceiling, though. I think that's probably the mid, mid-range mid of where Indiana uh, would, would end up. Um, but that, that's a good question. So, okay, uh, coming up on Assembly Call Radio, Coach Marlowe and I will talk um, about uh, your questions and answer uh, some questions from the community. So stick with us. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers! 
Hello, everyone. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Coach Marlowe, filling in for Andy Bottoms, uh, who's dodging some uh, electrical storms in Cincinnati. And, and Devontae is going to be on the, the basketball tournament, uh, the TBT team. Uh, and and um, Newkirk has announced, I think, that was something we should have put that in the headlines. So I am so looking forward to having an Indiana uh, team in, in that tournament. Um, you know, um, I, I think that's going to be a, a lot of – a lot of fun. So, all right, it's now time for our mailbag. All questions were submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community. You can learn more about and join at assemblycall.com backslash community. Uh, the first question came from Coach Marlowe, and he already asked it in segment two about the way too early bracketology. Coach, really um, good uh, question. Phil Samuels asked, um, my question is now, now that TJD is likely to return, how can his coaches, teammates, friends, and fans help him mentally prepare for another year of unanticipated college ball? Uh, coach, um, obviously young men want to go to the NBA. You want to go to the NBA, you have your sights set on being a top 30 pick or whatever his level was, and then you get invited to the combine, and then you have a setback like that. has to be tough for an, for an athlete. So I think Phil's question is a very good one. How do you see the basketball community of coaches and teammates and everything trying to help him come back, uh, feel good about himself, uh, and, and move forward uh, for for another year if that is what happens? I'm going to make this sound simpler than it probably really is, but I think you just you, you the coaches especially be like, hey, we realize that you want you had hopes to go to the next level, uh, but you know what we could do here. This is, this has a chance to be a really special year. You can kind of cement your legacy if you are all in. And I don't think that'll be a problem, but just you got a chance to finish with maybe around 2000 points, thousand rebounds, lead us into at least the second weekend of the tournament, if not deeper. I mean, you've got a real chance here. So don't that. And, and if you do that, the, the other is going to take care of itself. That's simple, but that's kind of the way I would approach it. Yeah, and and I'll I'll follow that with another simple thing: is you go to work, um, you, you have a conversation, and I tell you what, I think Coach Woodson is really really good at communicating to his players. Um, I, I really think that I I I I'm not in those conversations, but from the people staying last year after going into the portal, from some of the closing that's going on in the recruiting. Uh, to to the fact that the team seemed to be enjoying playing basketball a little bit more. Um, I think Coach gets it. Uh, and I think he's brutally honest, just like the statement I read at the very beginning of the show. You come to play basketball and get an education at Indiana, and if the NIL stuff works out, great. We're happy for you. If not, fine. But if you come for NIL, then you're probably at the wrong, wrong place. I think he needs to be careful a little bit with that. But um, I, I just really think he communicates. And you have a nice conversation. You sit him down when he's healthy. You, you talk to them and you say, okay, here's our plan. And, and we're going to make um, make people notice you by making Indiana basketball better uh, and your Big Ten tournament. And I'd play loops and loops and loops and loops of that last 12 minutes against Michigan, the Illinois game, the Iowa game, uh, and those last three or four games where, where he just was dominant on, on both ends. Uh, and, and just you got to be there. Um, and that's how you fight that disappointment because – you know, it's a nice it's a nice fallback. You get to play. Uh, you're going to get some money through NIL, and you get to play in front of a great um, set of fans in a great venue uh, for a great program. So, Phil, I think um, you know, I think it's going to take all of those people you mentioned uh, to be there to support them and pick them up. But I think Indiana is just set for that with the way things are run and and, and Coach um, Woodson the way he communicates with his players. So Max C asked this question, do you see Miller Cop having a similar role minutes wise this year? If well, I I I'll say this kind of answer two ways. One, if he shoots better, yes. If he doesn't, if those numbers don't improve, I think he loses time to guys who can he'll show they can shoot it. I I'm really coach, I'm really excited and I might be wrong, but I'm really excited about the CJ Gunn coming in and what he can do from shooting the ball. Um, I, I just think we got to find some more consistent three-point shooting. So if Miller is able to do that and shoot a better percentage, by all means, I'm happy with him getting those minutes again. But if he's not, then we got to find somebody who does. And that, whether that's CJ Gunn or any of the other freshmen coming in or anybody else like Trey Galloway who can make a huge jump, which I'm not sold on that. I love Trey's game, but I'm just not sure he's ever going to be a 40% three-point shooter. 
I, we got to find, to me, that goes back to kind of a conversation we're having, you know, in between segments. For this offense to really make the next jump, it has to be a better three-point percentage team. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I w- would probably venture that Coach Woodson likes to play experience, so I think he'll start. Uh, I know a lot of people want um, Cop to come off the bench, and I understand that argument as well. But if I were um, – to, you know, Max C says he's going to be a starter. Is he going to play 25 minutes a game? Closing time. Here's here's my prediction, Max. I, I think he starts. I think he gets less minutes. I think he's going to get 18 to 19 minutes because the athleticism that is in, if it can get to a defensive level, I think you're going to see more players play that spot um, uh, because the players coming in uh, have what he what Miller is deficient at as far as foot speed and lateral movement and those types of things. So I think he'll start. I think he'll get less minutes than 25 a game. I'm seeing 18 to 20 minutes a game, and I'm not sure he'll be in that finishing uh, lineup that last three or four minutes in a tight game. I think you might see someone else. And with the key being what Coach Marlowe said, if he's shooting the ball and scoring well, I think then all of that might change um, um, change a little bit. But I think now there's, there is more potential behind him to push him for minutes than there was last year. Excellent question. And that could change game to game. There might be a game right. where Miller's hot and you play him 30 minutes. And there might be another game where Miller starts off 0 for 4. He might be lucky if he gets 12 minutes. Exactly. Um, Jim Tom Hughes, uh, Hoosier, Jim Town Hoosier says, will we finally get a recruit that performs well enough to be in the running for freshman of the year? Um, do you think uh, Hood Shafina will play? Um, do you think Jalen Hood Shafina will play together a lot? I think he, he meant um, – uh, two point guards. Do you think Woodson will lighten up his view of playing upperclassmen over younger players? So there's a lot to unwind there. Um, freshman of the year in the Big Ten, maybe freshman of the year uh, in, in the NCAA. I don't think either one, Renault or Hood Shafino. Um, you know, uh, do I see Jalen Hood Shafino and X playing together a lot? Yes. And I hope Woodson lightens up a little bit on playing upperclassmen over younger players. I think he's got to play the talent and live with something. And maybe that's what those cupcakes we did in section, uh, the segment two are for. Your thoughts on all of those questions by uh, Jim Tom Hoosier? I think Jay, I think Jalen Hood Shafino is the kid that could be Big Ten Freshman of the Year for us. I I always like guards. I like wings. You know, for that type of award. Um, and with that, and I think he's going to get playing minutes. I think the other thing I agree, we got to play some younger kids. Also, because coach, to a certain degree. I know they. I know they're not promising, but you've got to be recruiting those kids with the with the kind of the the hook of hey, you come in here, you're going to play right away, and then you're going to start burying them on the bench. Somehow that's going to get back to the recruiting. You're not going to get those elite kids. So I, you're kind of there, you know, that catch twenty two. It's great to have JHS and Renault, but if they don't play, then we're not going to get those kind of kids in the future. And I, and I just think they've got to play some minutes. But I really like. What I've seen on TV and some and video, I really think JHS has a chance to play a lot of minutes and be a big time contributor for us, and that could get him be freshman of the year in the Big Ten. Um, Renault, I think, was going to be projected out a little bit farther along anyway in terms of his development. But if TJD comes back, that's probably taking some minutes from him, and, that, and that's yeah. going to keep him from being in that role. I actually see Hood Shafino and Renault coming off the bench. I think they have the mentality to do it, but I'd like to see him get 18 to 20 solid minutes. I don't know if that's enough to get the stats to be Big Ten Player of the Year, but they could be a huge, both of them a huge uh, asset to the program winning-wise, both by practicing and, and clutch minutes uh, off the bench uh, for uh, your Indiana Hoosiers. So. Thanks out to Coach Marlowe. Uh, it was good to have Andy back for segment one. Hope everything weather-wise is okay. Uh, Coach, again, thanks for um, being that uh, call to the bullpen, the long reliever um, today. Hey. You did a great job for um, uh, filling in. I appreciate it. It's always good to talk basketball with you. Coach, I want to put this in there real quick. Jack asked this in the chat about Spain's pick and roll with X and Geronimo and TJD. I will just answer it this way, Jack. I'm a fan of, I really love a lot of those European sets, whether it's the Spain pick and roll stuff or some of the other stuff you see in European basketball. I love that stuff. So I would be all right with any of that. 
Coach, we might have to do a coach's corner. I'm starting. To, I'm going to reboot that here this summer with some <laughs> ideas. We can get on and discuss the the Spain pick and roll and, and other things like that. Those would be good for us to get back together uh, on that. Um, I'm going to have some more more time this summer to uh, to get back into that and and next year. Uh, but again, thank you, uh, Coach, for doing it. Uh, doing the show tonight on uh, just a minute's notice. Um, but well, that'll do it for this week's. Um, show uh, if you want to see us do the show live join us at assemblycall.com on thursday nights for the live broadcast of our assembly call radio recording thanks to bob thompson for producing our music thanks to john ringer of rigsdesign.com for designing our logos and thank you for listening we'll talk to you uh next week on assembly call radio until then take it from me yogi farrell keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go hoosiers You would never get your shot off on me. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. All right, everyone. Thank you for a Thursday off-season show and, and podcast. Again, uh, Coach, thank you very much. Always good to yeah. good to talk to you. And while, while we have you on the show, excellent job with the women's program uh, and the shows that uh, you and Kathy did. Uh, just uh, really good work. We're glad you're part of what we do here. Um, yeah, and our, our next show, I'll kind of te- tease that. Our next show right now is scheduled for June the 4th. We've had a couple things, kind of like you guys had the last previous couple of weeks yep. where we, we've kind of gotten in some some things. Our lives have kind of gotten busy here. I've got uh, my son's a sophomore playing baseball, so it, it's just hard to get in some stuff. And we had a couple games scheduled for Wednesdays and stuff. So our next one right now is scheduled for June the 4th, and we're going to talk about the incoming recruits uh, that the IU women have. So put that on your schedule, um, and until next week, um, we will keep watching for all kinds of good Indiana basketball news. It's always good, and as Andy said in his opening, thanks for everyone in the community. Your support yep. for Andy and all of us uh, through what we do is just fantastic. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. So have a great evening, and we will catch you next week. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.